Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. thing on still works okay good welcome witches this is episode 33 of hex positive i'm your host brina garen and it has been a long damn time for those of you who stuck around for the hiatus thank you so much for your patience and if you're just joining the program welcome either way i'm really glad you're here I'm in my new house with a new recording space, so the audio is going to be a little different, so please bear with me. Before we get into this month's official return from hiatus topic, I do want to apologize for just vanishing for a little while there last fall. I had plans that fell through and some life events happened, and one day I just found myself burning out so hard I left a smoke trail to the point that I couldn't work on any of my projects. So I planned to take a couple of months off just to get my bearings again, foolishly assuming that the rest of the year would be peaceful. Oh, stupid me. And then somebody dropped a house on me. No, literally, a house kind of fell into our laps. So November, December, and January, which were supposed to be me taking a break, were suddenly consumed by the process of moving. And then more stuff happened. We had COVID again, and then the move, and then a death in the family, all within the same six-week period. And it's really just felt like trying to hold up a bunch of fragile items on a wobbly shelf. Every time you think something's stable, something else drops and you have to flail to catch it. I'm assuming most of you know what I'm talking about. So much for relieving my anxiety. Clinging to my coping mechanisms for dear life here. But things are getting better, and I actually have the time and headspace to write again, so that's good. One of these days, I'm going to remember to prepare for chaos in the winter months because the space between the end of October and the beginning of March historically is just not my friend. I'm hoping to be able to return to a monthly broadcast schedule going forward. The Witchways mini-sode are going to be on pause for the time being. But that is to give myself more time to write the main episodes and also to work on my next book. I'm determined to get the damn thing done, not least because we have a house now, and that means there's going to be ongoing repairs for <laughs> at least the next forever. And on that note, if you'd like to purchase my books, you can do so on Amazon or in the Willow Wings Witch Shop. Links in the show notes like usual. All the money from book orders and royalties helps us keep the lights on now more than ever since we've got a mortgage, good freaking God, but it comes with laundry machines in a backyard, so it's all good. 
I've got a bunch of market events coming up in Richmond this year. If you want to come and say hi, I will be posting the event pages on my socials as they come up, and there will be a full schedule on my WordPress as well. Basically, there's about one event every month from now until the end of the year, either at Diversity Richmond or the Triple Crossing Brewery. I will be at most of them. Uh, you can check out the River Witch Markets page on Facebook for more information and a full listing of events. Special thanks to Misty and Co. for always being wonderful hosts and for putting on these awesome, awesome gatherings. Anyway, speaking of burnout, I've been seeing a lot of mentions of burnout and seasonal depression in the online witch community. Happens just about every January and February, the annual depressive slump. And since I just came through a pretty ugly bout of burnout myself, I wanted to talk a little bit about giving ourselves some grace knowing when we need to take a break, and allowing ourselves the time and space to rest and revive and touch some grass. Specifically, I want to talk about burnout that comes from being constantly online, not even chronically, constantly. We all need a break from online matters sometimes, even when we're not in danger of burnout. I mean, I know it's the thing that's done nowadays, but how often do we find ourselves just glued to our phone when we have nothing else to do? For those of us who make our living from internet social spaces in one way or another, this is even more true. You've probably heard my illustrious senpai, Trey Dorn, talk about stepping away from TikTok periodically just to clear their head from all the drama. They actually did a lovely episode of BS Free Witchcraft in February of this year about steering clear of the woo-woo gurus you will find on social media. And I've seen a similar sentiment with other creators and witchy peeps that I follow. This feeling of frustration with online witchy spaces, with the constant pressure to keep up with trends and create more and more content just to stay visible for the algorithms, let alone relevant, and with commenters just saying the most batshit stupid stuff you've ever heard and demanding that you engage them in pointless debate, and with fighting the various platforms over monetization or content being flagged and removed, it, it never ends. Even for people who aren't using these platforms for business reasons, there's still a risk of burnout and overload. And not just because you're getting constant notifications or getting dogpiled in the comments because apparently no one understands what nuance means anymore. It's kind of a rabbit hole. I mean that very literally, online witchy spaces are a rabbit hole and the TikTok and YouTube algorithms are not helping. If we're not careful, we can end up knee-deep in a pipeline, and when witchy content intersects with New Age content, things can get very anti-science slash white supremacist very quickly. Ew. That's another rant for another day. But Trey and I did talk about it a little bit back in episode 5 where we discussed science denial in certain portions of the witchcraft community. What I want to focus on today is the risk of getting 
stuck in these online spaces. When I say stuck, I mean getting sucked into the false assumption that the validation and approval of online peers is paramount to building a good witchcraft practice or being a proper witch. Now, it's perfectly normal and healthy to want validation. It's perfectly valid to want the opinions of others in your community and to use that input to improve your practice. That is normal. That is awesome. It is something everyone should do. Peer review and feedback can and should be part of the learning experience. It's certainly been a big part of mine. What's important to remember is that the legitimacy of your existence as a witch or a magical practitioner is not and will never be dependent on someone else's opinion of you. And that includes people who call you dumb or cringy because of your preferred path or aesthetic. Popularity is not the metric on which to build your practice or measure your progress. It's fine to be weird and cringy and awkward, especially when you're starting. Everybody goes through that at some point, and if someone says they never did, they're lying. Don't let the haters get you down. It's better to be cringy and wrong once in a while and to learn from it and grow because of it than to be a smug asshole with nothing better to do than leave rude comments on other people's social media while contributing nothing yourself. And on a personal note, sometimes the better part of wisdom is just to delete the nasty comments on your socials rather than feeling like you have to stay up until 3 a.m. rage typing because somebody is wrong on the internet. Yeah, I know, I'm guilty of it too. But sometimes I find myself staring down a rude email and I'm just like, I have way more important things to spend my time and energy on than bothering to reply to this jackass. Delete. Apart from the popularity conundrum, the discourse in online spaces moves far more quickly than it does in the offline world, and far more quickly than it used to in forums of years past. And believe me, there is a marked difference between the online world and the offline world, largely in the sense of how much things actually matter with regard to nuance and trends and how information is disseminated. Online spaces are driven by view counts and rapid, widespread engagement, whereas offline spaces give us time to sit down and think and discuss without needing our thought processes to be peer-reviewed. And we need that. We do. We need that disconnect. We need to spend time with ourselves where we don't feel the need to be visible or performative or to say or do the right thing for whatever group we happen to be with. We need space to breathe and be still. We need time to clear our heads of whatever's currently taking over our social media feeds and just think about which bits of it are actually important enough to affect us in the offline world. 
It's one thing to learn to read witchcraft books with a critical eye and to decolonize your thinking and your practices because online discussion made you aware of those issues, which is a good thing. It's quite another to think that your options are limited to whatever's trending this week or to be afraid to step outside of that box or to act without first confirming your ideas with your online peer group. Going back to the idea of validation, it's good to have community discussions and get feedback from other witches, but you should never feel like you have to build your practice around what other people are doing. It's very easy to get into a thought pattern of, oh, well, everyone's doing candle spells or cord cuttings or lemon hexes, so I need to be doing that too. As a source of inspiration, sure, that is wonderful. Take your sparks where you find them. Use that as a building block. File it away for later. But don't feel like you have to follow those trends or to discard things that work for you when they fall out of favor with the influencers. One example of this is jar spells. We all did them during lockdown. They got super popular on social media. It was a whole thing. And it makes sense. Jar spells have been around for ages. They're easy, they're multi-purpose, they're non-denominational, and you can make them with just about any materials as long as you have a sealable container. But then the trend kind of fell away, as trends do, and we started seeing posts about how jar spells are stupid or overrated or just for beginners, and it's like, no. <laughs> jar spells have been around for literal centuries, since the jars were clay pots, and they don't suddenly lose their efficacy or their value just because they're no longer in vogue. The other place I've seen this lately is this trend of everyone hating on Wicca and Wiccans. Now, I've had my own issues with the prevalence of Wiccan influence in modern pagan literature and thinking. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I do want to say something about it. Admittedly, Gerald Gardner was a problematic guy. Not saying he's not. But it's important to note that he did not build Wicca all by himself. The religion has had many different influences since its inception, all of whom left their own particular mark. And for crying out loud, show me a white person from the first half of the 20th century who wasn't grossly problematic in some fashion, okay? Trey Dorn put it beautifully not too long ago, just because a racist writes a cupcake recipe, those don't automatically become racist cupcakes. New Age beliefs have actually been way more of a problem, but that's a topic for another day. Also, I've been seeing mentions of cultural Wicca. This, this is not a thing. It hasn't been around long enough or had nearly enough mainstream influence for that to happen. There's a difference between a religion being a cultural blueprint for an entire country and Wicca having its fingerprints all over modern pagan literature and being the only witchcraft religion that the average non-witch person on the street has ever heard of. Anyway, nuance exists. Discernment matters. 
Studying history requires critical thinking, and you cannot broad stroke generalize things as good or bad with no gray area in between. If you dig more than 20 years into any facet of witchcraft or magic or occult history, you are going to find problematic elements. You're going to find gendered language. You're going to find queer phobia. You are going to find so much racism and anti-Semitism. Does that mean what we are doing now is bad? No. Does it mean that we need to examine what we are doing and make sure that we are avoiding these trends? Yes, absolutely. There's a difference between problematic and evil. I'm not saying we should idolize the founders of the modern witchcraft movement. We shouldn't idolize anybody. But we would not be where we are today as a community without Wicca. And Wiccans are still an important part of the modern witchcraft movement. You can love it or hate it, but it's true. And while it's good to police our own spaces and to root out bad actors and reprehensible behavior, it's poor practice to start tarring whole segments with one brush. We have enough trouble with conservative political pundits and hate groups infiltrating our spaces and creating needless division among ourselves because some people can't tell the difference between an enemy and an imperfect ally only serves to make more cracks for that bullshit to leak in. We'll be back with more Hex Positive after this brief sponsored break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And now, back to the show. Anyway, excuse me while I put my soapbox away. Back to the matter at hand. The other part of this is that... In the process of learning and growing, we all make mistakes. We all have beliefs that we outgrow, and we all progress in our understanding at our own pace. This is another reason to not share everything you're doing with the online community, because nothing is more discouraging than making a mistake or touting an outdated belief, especially early on in your education when you don't know any better and then having a few hundred strangers on the internet start screaming at you. The point is not to never ever make mistakes, or never ever be problematic at all. That is physically impossible, and it's also purity culture talking. The point is to abjure what is most egregious, racism, sexism, queerphobia, transphobia, imperialist thinking, abuse and manipulation, etc., and to correct and improve the parts of yourself that need it in an ongoing process. And it can be very hard to know where to draw the lines when all your time is spent buried in the witch talk tags and worrying about what strangers on the internet would think of what you are doing. 
there's a lot that we discuss online that does have real-world impact and real-world significance. And there's a lot that we discuss online that would get laughed out of the room if it were said aloud and not in a forum post. We hear the phrase, touch grass, a lot now. You need to go and touch grass. Get off TikTok and go touch some grass. And in a general sense, I think we all know that it means get off the internet for a while, reconnect with the real world, and get some perspective. But we never really talk about what it means to go and touch grass. How do we do that? I mean, sure, at its most basic level, you can just go outside and literally put your hand on the grass. But in a broader sense, how do we clear our heads of that chronically online fog and reconnect with ourselves? The first and most obvious step is taking a break from social media. Not necessarily swear off all your platforms for a week, but just be aware of how much time you're spending in the tags and what kind of content you're encountering when you do, and more importantly, the effect that it's having on your mental and emotional health. Let yourself have some time to think and reflect without an algorithm throwing things at you. What that looks like is entirely up to you. You can meditate, daydream, journal, paint, listen to music, dance around, take a walk, do some chores, catch up on your reading, attend a community event, practice your spell work, pretty much anything. As long as it takes place in a physical sphere and not an online forum, it's fair game. The exception in this case might be something like chatting with your long-distance witchy friends, or attending an online convention. And even then, sometimes it's good to take a break from the group chat. The second step is to do some self-reflection. Think about what matters to you as a practitioner and as a person, and what your goals and interests are. Anytime you start thinking, well, I'm supposed to be doing this thing, stop and examine why that is. Supposed to. According to whom. It's good to incorporate feedback into your practice so long as you're not letting other people or social media posts dictate everything you do or speak over that still small voice of your own conscience. Moreover, examine your beliefs about witchcraft. Try and evaluate why you believe the things you do about why magic works, how it works, the history of magic, the history of witchcraft, and so forth, and examine where those beliefs come from. This is something you should be doing periodically anyway, just as good practice. I'm not saying that you have to ruthlessly justify everything with a meticulously sourced essay, but just do the five-second pause when you encounter something online. If something you see or read seems like it's meant to provoke an emotional response rather than provide information, especially if it's meant to puff you up with indignation and righteous fury, that's something you need to slow down and examine. And probably fact check. 
remember, none of us are immune to propaganda. Tied into this is that someone is wrong on the internet thing I mentioned earlier. You know, where you get super wrapped up in the discourse because someone is doing it wrong and you just can't let go of the clue hammer. I'm just as guilty of it as anybody, trust me. It's important to recognize when you're engaging in discussion or debate that's actually going to go somewhere and when you're just beating your head against a brick wall. Or worse, feeding the trolls. Some people are up for an actual conversation. Some people are here to learn from others. Some people are willing to reevaluate their own thoughts and beliefs in the face of new evidence. Others, as far as I can tell, are just there to be ignorant in public for some stupid reason. Learn when to step away and not waste your energy on people who aren't willing to listen. The third step is the hard one. You need to find a way to care less about what other people think of you. Yeah, that's a tough one. Take some practice. Believe me when I say that your give-a-damn level about other people's opinions does drop with age. But on some level, we all still want at least a little bit of approval from the people in our community. And like I said at the top of the episode, that is fine. That is a good thing. It's natural. It's good to receive feedback. It's good to learn from others. It's good to be held accountable. But when too much of your confidence or progress measurement or self-worth calculation is dependent on what other people say, it becomes an issue. This is something you'll need to practice. You need to be able to sit with yourself and say, I'm doing okay. I'm making progress at my own pace, and that's okay. I'm studying the things that interest me, and that's okay. I'm following the spiritual path that feels right for me, and that's okay. I'm making mistakes, and that's okay. I'm on a journey that does not look exactly like anyone else's, and that is okay. And remember, you're going to mess up. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to think and do things that will make you cringe later down the road. You are going to have to reevaluate and recalibrate every so often. That's normal. That's all part of the journey. That is growth. Now, in this era, when all our favorite people will inevitably disappoint us, I want to issue a quick statement. I'm not a perfect resource or a perfect person. I'm not an expert and I will never claim to be. I am not any more powerful or wise or well-educated than pretty much any other witch out there. I mean, yeah, I've been at this a while, but that just means I've gotten really good at what works for me. I've had a lot of practice with my own craft. 
it's not like I spent all of this time getting a degree and teaching tenure at some imaginary witch college, although that would be really awesome. But yeah, no, not an expert, not a guru, not a sage, not a priestess of anything, and certainly not infallible. What I am is experienced, fond of research, probably too outspoken for my own good, and fortunate enough to have the time, energy, and platform to share what I've learned with a wider audience in what I hope is an engaging and informative fashion. And I don't want to give you all the answers, because I don't have them. If I have the answer to a question that I get asked, I will usually provide it. If I don't have the answer, I will say so, and maybe steer you in the direction of somebody who can provide it, or a place where you can find the information yourself. I am not here to be a perfect example of how to be a witch or how to do the witchcraft. I'm still learning, just like all of you. And in the inevitable event that I mess something up, I will own it and learn from it just as I'd expect from anyone else. What I want to do is to give you, my dear, darling, wonderful witches, a place to start. I want you to feel seen and know that your journey matters. I want you to feel confident in yourself and in your ability to learn and grow. I want you to celebrate your successes and learn from your failures. I want you to know that you are always enough and that it's okay to rest and be patient with yourself. I want to spark your interest, fire up that curiosity, and hopefully inspire you to go out and research and experiment on your own. I want you to take everything that I or any other witch tells you with an appropriately sized serving of salt and to always do your own research whenever and wherever you possibly can. I want to help witches find their feet. That has always been my goal with my blog, with my books, and with this podcast. And it will continue to be for as long as I feel this irrepressible drive to write and to teach. I just hope that's what comes across. And I hope you all know that I am proud of you for trying, even on the days when all you can do is think about it. So, if I'm accomplishing any of that, if the information I'm providing helps you along your path, then I'm doing something right, and I'm glad for that. By all means, use social media as a learning tool, as a means of connection, as a way to find and interact with other witches. Just know when to step back. Recognize when you're becoming overwhelmed or overly concerned with the opinions of others or just bogged down in minutiae. And go touch some grass. Anyway. Thank you all for sticking with me through the past six months. It's been a very rough ride, but it feels good to be back in the studio, and there is plenty left in the tank for this podcast, so I'm hoping to be able to return to the regular broadcast schedule going forward. 
If you want to come and say hi, I will be at the Oddities Witch Market at Diversity Richmond on Sherwood Avenue, Sunday, April 2nd. And of course, you can always find me on Tumblr and Instagram. Please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. And check out my Patreon and the Willow Wings Witch Shop. And go and show some love to our fabulous sponsors and to the good people on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, where you'll find everything from live play tabletop RPG to our sibling show, BS Free Witchcraft, hosted by the absolutely wonderful Trey Dorn. Until next time, I'm Brina Garen, reminding you to stay safe, stay informed, and go touch some grass. Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Garen on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.